If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Welcome back to part two of our chat with the one, the only Kimberly Archie. And if you haven't heard part one, it only aired last Monday. Check it out. This part two will make so much more sense. If you listen to that first, we talk all about how she first came to work for Tom Girardi, what the first signs were that he was up to, you know, no good. Her first meeting Erica, her time at Girardi Keys, what she observed, what she observed about Erica. We talk about the victims now. She's She just met with Erica. The Housewife and the Hustler 2 is out. We cover it all. And now, stay tuned for part two of our chat with Kimberly Archie. Do you think he did all of this, like, for himself? Like, you know, the, you know, Jonathan Club, the table, kiss the ring. Or do you think he did all this because he said, holy shit, I have, like, the hot trophy wife and look at her. No, she spent he was so much like, money. No, 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 no. I mean, it, no. it was all for him. Tom was always like this. Um, not to say that Tom or Erica maybe didn't feed off of each other and having somebody who's similar to you and really wants, you know, to have um, that sort of um, life or environment or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, Tom, I mean, if you read through his messy divorce from the wife right before Erica, you can clearly see. Um, and even looking back, like his first wife, his second wife, his mistress that he allegedly had a son with, that's now the second in command of the FBI here in LA, they were all, they were all on payroll forever. And then the wife that he divorced, I mean, the house out in the desert that, that Erica didn't know about, that was the wife that he divorced right before Erica. So, you know, he had two ex-wives and this mistress that, you know, allegedly they had a kid together. Um, you know, so Tom was always taking care of a woman, um, spending crazy amounts of money. I mean, imagine being on payroll for decades and you didn't work at the firm because you used to sleep with Tom and you were a secretary at one time. I mean, that's that's not typical. No, that's not typical. Do you think he is in any way sorry for defrauding all these people? Or is it like, hey, I'm 80 years old. I What a life. What a great life. No, I don't think he's saying. sorry at all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how, how can you be putting on this giant, you know, um, fake thing about being incompetent? I mean, let, let's just think about the irony of this. He represented NFL players, a lot of brain injury people. And he also represented my son who had brain damage and their lives were destroyed from it. And now you're faking it and maybe we'll get off when you didn't even win the cases. You didn't go to trial in the NFL case. You took the money 
and ran and took a shitty deal for those players. And my son's case fell apart and loses an MSJ after firing Tom and is never able to be resuscitated. And now you're claiming to have brain damage. I mean, when you looked at the, the um, brain scans of Tom, I mean, I have my son's brain autopsy. I know it in my mind when I close my eyes, I can tell you every bit of it. I've read, read it. I've reviewed the slides. I've looked at all of it over and over. My son, his amygdala was insanely um, damaged. Well, they're claiming like that Tom has late. That's one of the things that, you know, would have issues. My son's brain was almost as bad as Tom's at 80 something years old in the amygdala area. Plus he had a larger left ventricle than Tom. My son was 24 years old. So imagine sitting through this hearing and seeing all these brain images of Tom and comparing him to my son who was 24 and Tom's 84. My son's brain was just as bad or worse in a number of areas. And it's 60 years different. And we're talking about artifact damage, not damage how he died, totally different damage that you would get over a lifetime that would be considered old. That's why we say artifact, right? And Tom's sitting there smiling at the cameras as he waddles out in his slippers. That doesn't, nothing about that says sorry to me. Like he's using all the stuff he should have been using to help my son or NFL athletes to win their cases. He's using them for his own lives. Now, to me, that's the lowest of lows. How much lower could you go than that? Not much. Do you think that he is upset about his own quote unquote reputation or is he just such a narcissist or is he like, Oh, do you think he's upset that, you know, the esteemed lawyer and is disbarred and what people think of him? I think he cares the most about what people think of him and his power. Um, but also the money. I mean, could you imagine going from a private jet and an Aston Martin and that house in Pasadena as outdated as it was. And I would have loved to live there, but whatever, it was big and fabulous to them. Um, to living in an old folks home in a locked unit, trying to pretend that you're senile and you got to walk around with your files, pretending you're doing cases all the time. So people think you're nuts. I mean, that can't be that fun. That's not as fun is flying around, having three or four mistresses, having all these people kissing your ass all day long, every day, sitting at your reserved table at Morton's or your reserved table, you know, at the Jonathan Club to now you're sitting in the cafeteria. Uh, you know, one of the workers at the facilities that testified that he was crying because he was watching videos, of, you know, news stories about his indictment. And they had to like turn it off or whatever. Oh, you know, boohoo. Really? Someone thought that was going to sound sympathetic. A, I don't believe it. Like it was on the, on the news, like one day for five minutes. So they just happened to walk in the one day that Tom had gotten indicted and they did, you know, a couple of places did news stories. He's in Orange County. I want to know what station they had on because I don't even believe that story. I think they made it up. Really, just to garner th just to garner sympathy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They really, I mean, they tried hard to make him look like a little old man, to um, you know, make him look sympathetic for him to behave 
sympathetic. Um, his estranged daughter, who I had never met because she hadn't been around since 2008. Um, they, had, you know, were fighting and not talking or whatever. And now she's the one that is taking him to these appointments that set up by Mara Kangas at USC and other to other places to get his, you know, diagnosis for his incompetency. Do you think that Erica knew? Like knew that Tom was stealing or knew that Tom was up to something or I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. Okay. So I think that it's possible that Erica knew something wasn't right. Okay. That's different. I don't think she knew any details of like what the law firm was doing, who was doing it how intricate it was, how it involved banks and legal lenders and all this stuff. This is way too complex for Erica, it, for most people, you know? So no, I don't think she knew. I, I didn't even know. And me and Kathy were digging and digging. I mean, every time we turn around, we learn something else that's flabbergasting. And that's, you know, blows our mind away. And we're looking. I don't think Erica's looking. Erica's trying to be a pop star or an entertainer or whatever. Um, however you want to look at it. She's trying to, you know, be a singer, create music videos, do photo shoots. Um, she's not down at the law firm trying to see what's going on. The only reason why she's at any of these meetings is because Tom would parade her around sometimes or she would want to go or whatever. Uh, it wasn't because she was working with the biz. She wasn't making decisions about what the law firm was doing. Tom didn't let us have bread at the table. You think he let Erica pick what decisions he was doing or whatever? I, I mean, I just highly doubt that. Um, you know, my biggest thing about Erica has always been about the victims and how she treated them or how she acted like they didn't exist. And now she has acknowledged them at my event um you know and she's made a lot of promises uh none of you know none of those have necessarily been followed through but it's only been a couple months so i you know on erica i'm on a wait and see again you know i i hope that she'll follow through with the things that she said she would do um and the things that she told the ladies uh when we met um, and I know she's doing her Vegas residency, so maybe there's a lot going on or whatever. These, you know, these things take time. Uh, you know, but that's my main thing about Erica is, you know, have a heart when it comes to the victims. It's cool to play the villain on a reality show. I mean, if I were going to be on a reality show, like I wouldn't want to be like the super nice giggly person. It'd be a lot more fun to be the villain. I mean, come on. Um, but in real life, in a circumstance like this, where you have crimes being committed and people's lives destroyed, I mean, break out of character, honey. That's what I would say. You know, like make sure you, uh, you know, I'm a bleeding heart. I'm the opposite. I'm going to be sitting there crying with the people and feeling what they're feeling. And everyone doesn't have to be like that. 
I'll admit it, as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. You guys know I've been so honest with you about my weight loss over the past few months. Look, I've struggled with my weight my whole life. There's so many diet plans that say, do this, don't do that, and none of them have ever worked for me. That is until noon. Noom realizes that with weight, one size does not fit all. They take into account each person's individual needs. Noom builds personal plans that takes your specific dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs into account, and then they build a plan that works for you. Noom uses a psychology-based approach. They focus on the why. They believe that losing weight starts with your brain, so they focus on why haven't you been able to lose weight. They really change the way you think about food. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com, that's N-O-O-M.com, and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Has anyone else had major drama in hiring for their business out there? How great does it feel to finally find the right qualified candidate and close out a job search? But what if I told you you could get rid of the job search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is a great matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. I was able to hire the last ad sale rep that I hired within such a short period of time. Before Indeed, this would have taken me days and weeks, sometimes even months. Do you know that in the minute I've basically just been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide? 23 hires. Right now, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash velvet. Just go to Indeed.com slash velvet right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But in this circumstance, under this sort of microscope with the platform she has, you know, caring about the victims is just the right thing to do. And um, I always say it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. So I just keep, you know, (laughs) Erica keeps doing the right thing and cares about the victims because uh, it, it matters. What type of promises did she make at that ice cream event to you and other victims that you haven't seen followed through on yet? Well, so um, uh, I'll talk about the other people first. So like Nancy, 
who was there, uh, Nancy Marston, she wrote a book about her lawsuit that she had with Girardi Keys. And this was, she wrote it before all this ever came out. It was just released by a publisher, but she actually had self-published, I don't know, like two weeks before the bankruptcy or whatever. Like she had no idea um, that this, something this big was about to blow up. She just, her case was a really insane scenario with her family. And she also had all these things during the trial with Tom's son-in-law, David Lira. So Erica had promised that she would promote Nancy's book. Um, and, you know, she could do that in any number of ways, using her social media or talking about it on any one of these podcasts when they asked her about the event. Why not bring up one of those things that you told the ladies you would do? I mean, it's not going to cost you anything just to bring it up on someone's podcast or whatever. That's an easy way to right away to sort of show you really, you really mean it. Um, Josie Hernandez, who was there, a lot of people met Josie in the Hulu doc if they watched The Housewife and the Hustler. And um, Josie, you know, really her injuries were horrific it really destroyed her life and her marriage. And now she's trying to rebuild her life. And she's just such a positive, empowering person. After losing everything, now she's trying to be a real estate agent. So Erica said like, well, you know, I might be buying a home. Like, you know, I would use you for real estate. I'll support you. Well, she also could just mention Josie, mention that she's a real estate agent, just like I am right now. Uh, you know, and just show them that like this wasn't just a meeting for PR for the moment or whatever, because as much as um, the trolls, you know, said what they said and accused me of using victims. These are all my very close friends that were there. My friend, best friend of 51 years, Josie and Nancy, we're all friends. Um, and none of this would have happened without their okay. No, I would have absolutely said no when I was asked if Erica could come. It would have been a hard no if any one of them had said they were uncomfortable. It would have been a no. And if I thought my son would have felt, you know, exploited in some kind of way, um, I would have said no too. But my son worked on TV and movie sets. Like he loved Hollywood. He loved all this shit. He would have laughed his ass off at all of it and just thought it was funny to him, not funny about the victims, but just the hoopla over her coming would have, you know, made him laugh. And it made us, you know, sort of giggle about it afterwards too, because we were coming to a real event to do something. Nothing done that day was done for Erica. We didn't even know until the day before that she was for sure even coming. And frankly, none of us really believed it until we saw it for our own eyes. We weren't going to, none of us are going to like change our lives, to, you know, because Erica's coming. I mean, that's just so outrageously silly. Um, you know, we literally, when she walked in the door, like, oh, she is here, you know? So it's not like we were scrambling around, Erica's coming. No, we're doing an event. We're running around trying to make sure the ice cream stays frozen and all the stuff is done in the balloon arch isn't falling apart or whatever, right? I mean, you know, we had our own tasks going on. At that time, I was running an event to sit for an hour and a half and film um, you know, her talking to, to the victims, um, was a stupid idea on my part because I was my own event planner. And so I'm trapped for 90 minutes in a room, um, you know, talking with her, but, you know, the conversation was so powerful 
it, it, I couldn't stop it. This was a really big moment in the whole Girardi story, you know, to have anybody, nobody sat with the victims and told them shit, really. So, uh, you know, as much as I've had criticisms, and I'm sure I'll get trolled for saying this, and, you know, even still holding Erica's feet to the fire that she follows through with the ladies, uh, it took a lot of guts and courage to walk in that room and sit with those women and say what she said. And I will give her credit for that. You know, credit where credit's due. Uh, you know, I hope, you know, and pray that she'll follow through on, you know, promises made because then that will just solidify what an important moment that really was. And so then do you think because she hasn't followed through with these promises that it was a publicity stunt on her end or, and is this going to be used for the show? Like it was filmed, you said for 90 minutes, like was this for publicity and for Real Housewives of Beverly well, Hills? It was not for Beverly Hills. You know, we had cameras there. It was an event. So, you know, we were going to be um, filming because the, you know, it was sort of an odd thing. Um that we've all become friends that these ladies have become friends and now they're coming and volunteering and helping me. So here I have been helping them all this time deal with their stuff with Girardi, trying to make things right, dealing with the bar, dealing with, you know, all of the things that come with sort of like being a part of a crime scene. Um, and then now they're coming to volunteer to show me love and to prop me up. So we had, that was already planned. Now, obviously I let them know, this is the LA Times. Oh, hey, you know, the day before. Um, I think that Erica might be coming. You know, they're saying it. I, I, you know, I don't want to promise you because it's not like we have, there's any way for me to make a promise, but she's saying she's coming. So, you know, the reason for her to come was me reaching out to her lawyers almost like a year before that um, because I wanted her to meet the victims and apologize for calling them alleged because they're not alleged. Um, and, um, you know, then they were like, okay, well, we'll make it work. If she comes, you know, we'll film that for you so that you have it and it's all, you know, professionally done. And I felt like of all, I, I was so grateful that it was the LA times that were going to be at my event because, you know, that's, people have the skewed version of the media. And, you know, if it would have just been a random camera crew or, you know, or maybe somebody else, it could have given it less credibility. And so I just really, we got lucky that they thought enough about the victims to want to come and see what we're doing and follow up with us and how we're trying to live our lives. And, you know, boom, oh, guess what? Now you're filming something that no one thought was really ever going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, so definitely um, question or, you know, I just feel like it's my job to continue to shine a light on it and make sure and be vocal that, you know, let's not forget about the, these ladies. I know that there are a lot of victims. I know there's a lot of stories every day that, that are happening to somebody that are terrible. Um, but I just want to, you know, continue to megaphone, um, you know, what these people have been through and that, you know, they're not made more promises that someone's not going to keep. Right. 
I just moved into a new apartment in New York City. And every time I move, I love, it's so cathartic. I clean out my closets and get rid of so much stuff that's out of style. But all the stuff I got from Quince, those were all keepers. The reason is because Quince creates timeless, elegant fashions that last for way more than one season. This stuff never goes out of style. I just got the coolest 100% leather black biker motorcycle jacket from Quince. 100% leather for $199. That's crazy. All of Quince's items are 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they cut out the middleman and they pass the savings right on to us. They have Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $59, so much other stuff. So upgrade your closet with Quince. Go to quince.com slash velvet rope for free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash velvet rope to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash velvet rope. Has anything ever held you guys back in your fitness journey? What's always held me back is I felt like I was just working out and I was in this on my own and it was very unmotivating and no one was checking on me. And then I always quit. That is until I discovered Peloton. Peloton supports and guides members from day one. Whether you're a beginner or you're an advanced rider, Peloton is there for you. They'll show you the basics. And what I love is they help you take the guesswork out of your workout and they encourage you to build from there. It's a true partnership. Also, if you have a short attention span like me, I love Peloton because you can watch your favorite TV shows. Hello, Real Housewives. And they have great live DJ rides and artist-themed ones. Wherever you're starting, get moving with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at www.onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. That's www.onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. And yes, terms do apply. Do you feel like Erica was sincere when she was speaking to you guys? And does that, for just you, just with her, does that bring closure to you by her going there and speaking to you? And the other ladies, I mean, like, do you feel some sense of closure? And did you feel she was sincere? Um. So on the sincerity part, I would say yes. I did feel she was sincere. Um, I think she was a little bit nervous. Um. You know, I... I didn't see just ice cold Erica. Now I saw a little bit of that. There were moments where it was sort of more what you're used to, but she did try to open up. I did feel like she tried to be human, you know, with the people in the room, even though we had cameras and stuff on us. Um, we did sit at a table. No one was asking us questions. Okay. It wasn't an interview when we're all sitting in the room. Okay. No, we're not in the line and people aren't throwing questions at us. We're sitting at the table talking as women and we're asking each other questions. Okay. So this is a real fly on the wall sort of moment. Um, we did not agree, not that anybody pushed or anything, but what we agreed to do is just have it filmed because they were already there. So it just made sense, but we wanted it to be a real moment for the, the people who were a part of it because it was so long in coming and such a big deal um, that we wanted to keep the integrity of the conversation. So I do feel it was real. I do think it was powerful. I think when people see it, they're going to be, I mean, from what you see on the show and edit on the show or what you see on social media, I think people are going to be like this. <laughs> what? Erica just said, what? 
she just hugged them. She just did whatever. I mean, I think people's mouths are going to be hanging wide open and go, wow, this may be one of the first times that you really see Erica as an, uh, as someone you can relate to and more of an everyday person. It's just a little, little sliver, but I'm just saying, I think it's a side that people um, haven't really seen. And I, and I think um, that it wasn't fake. Uh, I think there were moments where she had a little bit of her facade up. Um, was it closure for me? Definitely not. Um, I mean, they were going to also promote the GoFundMe that went with our event. Uh, there was They should have donated to the charity that we gave all of the money from the event to the charity, not just the profits, every dime that came in, every ice cream that was bought, every dollar of it to the nonprofit and they're called no birthday left behind. They do birthday parties for kids in homeless shelters for crying out loud. They give birthday parties to the unhoused. How more beautiful uh, can that be? A young teenage girl started this nonprofit when she was young and now she's um, in college and it continues to flourish. So, you know, to me, I, I think the follow through and what really happens as a result of the meeting uh, will bring me more closure per se than just the meeting itself. Um, but it was a good start. And, um, you know, fingers crossed that the humanity part continues. And we'll see this on Beverly Hills Housewives. Like it will be on the show, I assume. Um, I don't know what th this footage wasn't given to Housewives. Um, so I don't know what, you know, um, what they'll film with Erica or them talking about it or anything like that. Um, it will get released um, by LA Times at some point and people will be able to see uh, the actual interview, um, you know, with with the victims. And, um, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the... I don't know how Beverly Hills will play into that. I know she talked about it on Watch What Happens Live, um, you know, which again was positive for her, but also for the victims. You know, we're about to have another season. So now every week I'll get texts, calls from people I know and also victims like reacting to everything that's said or related to on the show or you know, in all the media, you know, good or bad. Um, so it's very triggering for everybody. So my hope, the whole point in doing this meeting, besides them getting an apology, was so that the media was not constantly pitting Erica and the victims against each other. And then the men who helped Tom are just playing golf and making millions. And like, cool, perfect. Like, wait, thanks, Erica. Thanks for being the shiny object that people want to pay attention to because it's an easy click. It's an easy like. It's an easy view to, to you know, put Erica Jane or anybody who's on a popular reality show or TV show in an equation than it is to tell like a story that's kind of nuanced and hard to tell, right? And so, uh, you know, we'll see going forward. Did we flip the switch or not? You know, will people start talking more about Tom's partners, his son-in-law, you know, Robert Finnerty, Chris Amay, Chris Camone, the CFO who's sitting in jail right now? Can we talk about these people or the banks 
that had these trust accounts for decades. Tom moved from bank to bank with the same two people that were vice presidents. And these accounts are horrific. I've seen them. Why these were never reported by the banks is mind-blowing. Why the bankruptcy trustee never sued the banks is beyond my wildest dreams. Because they were co-conspirators, in my opinion. Did this meeting change your opinion of Erica? And also, is any part of you now, or in general, maybe not even now, maybe before, like, you know, I'll I'll get the trolls for this question, but I think it's a valid question. Like, you know, do you feel like you're the same? Like, is Erica the same as you guys? Is Erica a victim of Tom, just like you and every, just like, yeah, Kathy, you? Okay, so, um, no. Erica and I are not like the other victims because we benefited from Tom's power and money. Now, I wasn't married to him, so I'm not trying to put myself in the same category as Erica. But, um, you know, having benefited to some degree, um, I know how I feel about it. I know um, that I feel terrible. I say all the time, like, do I throw stuff away that Tom bought me? Do I keep that stuff? Is it like, you know, is it like a Ouija board? Just should I be worried if it's got bad vibes on it because when I got it there were some point where I thought they were stealing my friend Kathy's family's money and so you know her and I would joke around like that they paid for it but I didn't know it was for decades from everybody and it was as bad as it was or whatever now it's just a full crime scene it's like everything has blood on its hands you know I saved every first class ticket for every flight I've ever been on because to me, it was my brother's a pilot, like to fly is an honor. It's a privilege. It's not a right. And it's a dream to jump on a plane and be in first class and, you know, go all these places constantly. I mean, that that's a lot of people would do anything to have uh, the ability to be able to do that on a regular basis and stay at the Four Seasons or the Ritz or, you know, whatever. Um so, so me and Erica or anyone else who benefited from Tom, you know, uh, it's different. Does that mean we're not victims in any way? Um, no, it doesn't. We are victims in our own right, in our own varying degrees. Um, is my son a victim? Yes. He didn't do anything. He didn't benefit from Tom. He's dead. He did not get justice in any way, shape or form. So he's a victim and, and he's in more of a category of like the Gomez family or Josie Hernandez um, or the other people in Tom's indictment, you know, they're genuine victims. And even among those victims, there's victims who their cases weren't handled properly. There are victims whose money was actually stolen. Um, and, you know, there are victims who are left holding the bag when the law firm blew up and they had to go get another lawyer. So there, I, you know, I think it's not, everyone wants to, you know, put this in a neat little package and tie a bow. And this thing is a clusterfuck for lack of a better word. Um, it, it just is, it's messy. It's just not an easy thing. Um, you know, but Erica is a victim in her own way. It's hard to see her as a victim oftentimes because of the way she acts. Um, certainly in that moment when I hugged her and when we were all talking, 
And I mean, literally like seeing her look them in the eyes and say, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, thank you, Erica, really. Because it does matter to say those things to people who've been wronged over and over again. It does make a difference. It really does. I drink a ton of water every day to stay healthy. And if you think I drink tap water, tap water freaks me out. And do you know that according to the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in its tap water? And that's why I use AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. What does that mean? It means that it removes 15 times more contaminants than the ordinary pitcher filters. They have purifiers for every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers, that's the one I have, to higher capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi connected purifier. How cool is that? And they're really affordable and long-lasting. AquaTrue filters last from six months to two years. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners get 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code VELVET at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use code VELVET. V-E-L-V-E-T. Did she get emotional at this meeting? Um, like I said, her facade was melted. I don't know... I get emotional really easy now because I lost a son. So, you know, I can cry on a moment's notice if we're talking about death or something, you know, that maybe no one even realizes reminds me of my son's death or whatever. Um, but, you know, I definitely saw a softer side of Erica, um, a more human side. And um, it was appreciated by everybody in the room. Nobody left that day feeling um, used. Well, that's important. And I do look, I'm not a proponent. Well, I'm not a proponent here of Eric, even though it makes, but like, I do think it is messy as well. Like, you know, when she says things like, you know, legally, if I make a statement, yes, I agree. There's a lot of tone deaf stuff over the course of, but, you know, legally, I can't make a statement. And I, I mean, is it possible that like two things can be true where it's like, well, I have all this, like you said, there's blood on everything. But if I didn't know any of this and these things are mine, I mean, I look, I I, I could see it all the ways, right? Like, you know, I, I could feel for all the victims and I could truly be sorry, but this is mine. I mean, it well, was- and, and everyone in the room had been divorced. We're all women. So that's the other thing. I mean, this meeting was all female. We're talking about female power, all women over 50. You know, the older women get, the saucier we, sassier we could be. And the more like real people are because you've lived some life and you really don't, you know, you don't have time to fucking play around here. So the, the conversations, you know, were really um, open and real and everybody wasn't just like, um, and I, and people will see this when they see the interview that uh, people were just not, you know, kissing Erica's ass like, Oh yay, We're so happy. You know, people said I had someone ask me why, is my Facebook, um, you know, one of my uh, pics of all of us um, at the event. Well, I'm very proud of the event. I am enormously proud to have had anything to do with putting the victims together with Erica for them to hear I'm sorry from somebody who, you know, is at the heart of this. 
whether people want to think she knew or blame her for any of it or blaming her for spending a lot of money or whatever. Um, you know, she was married to Tom and is still married to him. And to have her say those words really made a difference. So, uh, you know, um, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, it's sort of, I guess, like a season of a reality show. Gotta <laughs> wait and see what happens. Right. And like, based on what you went through, you know, Kathy, the other victims, I doubt that anyone's there saying, oh my gosh, this is our photo opportunity. We have the celebrity Erica Jane coming today. I mean, Nobody I don't think that's like that at all. We we're all right. like, oh, thank God she's being nice to your mom in the wheelchair. I mean, that was the kind of comments we were making. Nobody was like, oh my God, this is my favorite. First of all, we're all women over 50, getting your photo taken, being in the spotlight is very nerve wracking and makes you feel, you know, not good enough, not pretty enough, not thin enough, not whatever enough. That's what we're all really thinking is, do we, you know, do we look like shit? Do we have three chins? How bad are our wrinkles look in this bright light? No one was thinking about Erica per se, like, um, it was an empowering moment for Josie, Nancy, and Kathy and myself because we also were trying to represent uh, a lot of victims, you know, to try to give some kind of like hope that um, we wouldn't just continue for another season to just hear negative things about Eric and the victims. So to us, it was, you know, it was more about what we were trying to do to put the focus on the real bad guys who've done this to all these people, not so much about like Erica being famous. The only part about the famous element is the fact that her platform is huge. And if she's willing to lend that, to point the finger at the bad guys, to put the spotlight on them and in essence, help the victims. I mean, great. That's the whole, that's the whole point of it. That's the bottom line, you know, Will this big platform put the spotlight on the bad guys? For once, will a wife who didn't do the crimes get to flip the table? It's kind of like, it's very female empowering. I don't know if people really caught that, but that's what it was for us. That's why we're all smiling. Like, fuck yeah. Maybe a bunch of broads can take down a bunch of dudes who have been like running this patriarchal legal system for decades, wouldn't it be kind of funny if someone who sort of plays like a, a Barbie doll, pretty, you know, super pretty, blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, mean girl sort of persona team up with victims and take down the bad guys? That's pretty freaking great. It is pretty great. I mean, did you get flack? I know the trolls, but did you get flack from like, to your point, the other, all the other victims that weren't there or no. did they, they thought it was a good thing? No. And some of them had questions or, you know, wanted to know first before they really had an opinion, like how'd it go? Sort of some of the same kind of conversations that we just had today. You know, did you think she was sincere? What did the other people there think? You know, that kind of thing. Do you think she's really going to help victims? You know, do you think she'll really help put the focus on the bad guys, the people who helped steal our money or, you know, worked on our cases and knew it was being stolen and that kind of thing? Um, not to say that I speak to every victim, but the ones who talk to me or reach out to me, whether I know them or they see it and just reach out, I, you know, I respond and 
and talk to them if anyone has any questions and those sort of things. And there wasn't any negative backlash, you know, just mostly some of the, um, uh, some of the fans of, of the TV show and pe some people who are following the legal parts of it. And there was a podcaster, I can't remember his name because I had never heard of him, but saying that like, I use the victims, I use my dead son. Give me a fucking break. How do you use a dead child? First of all, I birthed my son and I fought for him the entire time since I felt his death was unjust, um, you know, and uh, I consider him when I make decisions that involve him and I do the very best I can to try to think about how he would think and, you know, ask like his best friend or ask his old roommate or, you know, my daughters, what do you think, you know, Paul would think that kind of stuff. We do that all the time. So um, to me, it's kind of a wild statement to tell a grieving mom, you're using your dead son. I mean, um, I would just say that uh, my son was my biggest fan. And even if I wasn't doing the perfect or right thing, he'd be the first person to defend me. I would say that. I don't even understand the logic of that, of how I don't understand, like what, to meet Erica? Like I don't, to get like, a, I don't understand how, like I don't even understand the thought process. Well, I don't either, especially because, I mean, obviously they don't know me or know any personal things, but my son, you know, worked craft services on TV and movie sets. He was an assistant chef. His dream was to own a restaurant. The restaurant where we had the event, that's my son's like, it's the oldest restaurant in the Valley. My son ran a deli in Woodland Hills before he worked on TV and movie sets. Like it was his dream to have a bar like Cheers and a restaurant, like everything about it. He would love it. So, ha you know, having an ice cream company that makes people happy and gives money to charity and we're doing it out of this restaurant that would be like, literally, if he were alive, it would be his dream. He'd be bugging me. Mom, let's buy the restaurant. Let's do it. Let's call this person. Let's do it. Let's figure it out. Let's get the owners to sell it. Da, 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 da. You know, um, it's wild to me because it was literally perfect. I mean, when I asked his old roommate and I asked my daughters what they thought, they were like, he was loving every minute of that, especially the paparazzi he would have been cracking up laughing at just sort of the scene and how it played out, you know, and people thought like, Oh, they had a step and repeat. Hey honey, you've never seen my events. Cause I've been doing them for years and I've always had a step and repeat. We did not do that for Erica. I, you know, I'm extra too. I worked for Tom. It wasn't by accident that me and Tom got along. I am extra. I am out there. Who doesn't love to throw a hundred thousand dollar party at the four seasons? Like, come on. I, I lived for that. I, that was like a dream come true. So it was my first event that I've done since I've stopped working with Tom and I had to pay for it all myself and still try to pull off as good of an event as I did when I had a, you know, big budget and we pulled it off and it was great. So on the new season trailer of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which dropped, when Denise Richards says to Erica Jane, you are truly a horrible woman, an evil woman, excuse me, you don't necessarily agree with Denise Richards in this situation. Well, 
I can I can see why Denise feels that way. I can imagine, um, you know, in the conversation, and I'm sure Erica, when she said it, didn't have, you know, $7 tickets to her show. So she realized, you know, some of the things she was saying could maybe, but that, you know, that's life. So, you know, I don't feel the same way that Denise, you know, does per se. Um, but I can relate to why, you know, why she would say that. And I thought, you know, the trailer was pretty good. I mean, it was, I, I don't know, the whole breakup with Kyle. I'm not sure I believe any of that, um, but I'm not like a reality show expert. So I'm like, a, you know, armchair quarterback right now you know, talking about it, but I thought, you know, like Lisa Renna's gone and no one really seemed to miss her. Um, and it seemed like they had made enough chemistry that there, you know, that there's some stuff for there to be drama and, and, you know, highs and lows or whatever for the season. And isn't that what fans want? No one's talking about Lisa Renna anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> Are you, as we wrap up, two final questions. Are you going to, do you watch the show? Like, I know you said you don't really watch TV, but do you watch this just because you are, you know, it is like a constant reminder. And is that hard? Like you said, we're now in our third season of this. Like, you're like, let's, you know, if Erica were a private person, Tom were a private person, you wouldn't be constantly reminded of this. I mean, it would still be going on, but not to such a mass degree. Right. Um, I do watch the show a little bit now not saying i watch every episode the whole entire thing um but i would say i've watched a majority of the episodes since all this happened um because it is a little more interesting to me and also because um you know i've now met people involved in bravo world and i follow some people on instagram and i see all the stuff. And it's the first time in like 20 years since I started doing the type of work I do that I know anything about pop culture. Like my kids make fun of me because I don't know anything. I don't know any new songs unless it's a documentary or something like that. I'm not very aware or legal cases. That's different too. Um, so, you know, it's been sort of like a, a new side to me to watch a little bit of reality TV and be able to relate to some of the um, storylines and stuff like that. Um, and to try to, you know, find the light side of it rather than just the triggers, because it's going to be out there and the headlines are going to be out there and there's going to be, you know, stuff said that isn't true, which, you know, when you're not, you know, I've done a lot of media interviews in the sports world primarily so it's not like I haven't been, you know, put myself out there at all. I've had, a, you know, gang of trolls for years now that stalk me and tell me how fat or ugly I am every day and all that kind of good stuff. But it's different to have it on a really popular show and it's your life and you see stuff, you're like, that's not true. You're constantly saying, wait a minute, that's not even what happened. You know, or all the headlines about the bankruptcy or the lawsuits that are going on that are often not correct. It is really frustrating for me um and so yeah I definitely think the show and the fans like I think my favorite part of reality tv particularly housewives is I really love the fans I think they're really funny and smart and I mean shit they can uncover anything I swear to god like they're better than the FBI for sure if you need to find something just activate bravo fans to go look and boom, it's, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen, I, I, I dig on lawsuits for a living. 
I work with, you know, private investigators and this whole different types of people that look for information for lawsuits, but ask a Bravo, you know, account that does, you know, is trying to be on the cutting edge of what's happening next in Bravo world. And they will find it in like three minutes. <laughs> they will. And if they get into like a team or they don't like a particular housewife, they will dig and dig. People think, I mean, I just do this show. I don't remember anything. People come and they're like this and that. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed with what people find. Exactly. They're like better than the FBI. For sure. They're like their, their mom's person, per you know, just turn the volume up, like, you know, and you get a bunch of them together and you're right, even, even better stuff. Well, and to your point, like you are in this world, you have met people, you're on this podcast, like, you know, you would think your son would get a kick out of that, right? Because he was in media and entertainment, like that here you are, like a Bravo podcast, you know, Erica, like just, you know, I mean, from a tragedy, but it's a kind of a roundabout thing, right? Yeah, I did an interview about football right before he passed away, and I mentioned him. And most of my other interviews were about the NFL case or about cheerleading or gymnastics or dance or sort of like child rights. So it was the first time I'd really talked about him. And he was like, he literally told everyone, you know, about it. Like, oh my God, my mom was on it. And it was like in Indianapolis or something. It wasn't even like national news, but it was just the fact that he became the subject of it. And I felt, I was like, stop telling people that story. Nobody cares. You know, it was like how Tom would tell this one story about John Wayne. You know, that's how my son was getting about this new story that I did in Indianapolis or whatever, that was, you know, three minutes long or something. So I think you're definitely right that he would think it's funny and especially pushing me out of my comfort zone. I mean, I'm more of a nerd, even though I cheered in high school, it was on a dare. Yeah, I was I was really into academics and very nerdy and all of that. And someone dared me to try out for cheerleading. And that sort of brought me out of my shell and, and changed me. I couldn't believe they let us yell at people as loud as we wanted. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> so this is another kind of evolution of that. You know, I'm a lot more um, comfortable talking about lawsuits or working on lawsuits in a room by myself for 19 hours straight. Um, and nobody's looking at me and there's no lights and no cameras and no, you have to worry about what you look like. You know, you're just, um, being a nerd. <laughs> just being a nerd. Well, listen, I think you should watch the new season very closely of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Then you can come back here you can check in. We can talk about what's going on with you and the show, but you know, before we go on a serious note, like what else, is there anything like, what do you want people to take away? Cause I don't want you know, your story, I mean, not to save this to the end, because you will come back. But like, you know, what do you want people to know? I mean, I make a joke about Denise Richards calling Erica evil. But like, on a serious note, what do you want people to take away from like your story, plug anything you want? And like, you know, from being here today? Um, I just think, you know, the main thing that people probably don't know about me is that, you know, I'm a liability expert. And that in November will be 20 years that I've been fighting for child rights and sports. And that, um, you know, the first thing that came to my head when all of this started to come out in the news was, uh, it was depressing because I thought I worked my whole life to protect kids in sports. And I really didn't want to be known as some side character in the Girardi scandal or whatever. So I think when people think like it's some kind of 
like, you know, it was some kind of badge of honor to be on any shows. I mean, it was one of the hardest things that I did was speaking out first on a podcast about what was going on with the whole, you know, Girardi story before anyone else did. Um, and I did it for the victims. It, it, I didn't do it um, for myself. Like I could have been doing podcasts on sports stuff. I was at the height of my advocacy in CTE. I mean, less kids are playing tackle football now and playing and more playing flag. Majority of parents don't want their kids to play tackle football. That's my life's work. The amount of brain donations and brain science has moved. The needles move more in the last 10 years than it has in the hundred before. That's my legacy. That's what um, gets me up um, every day. And I've applied it to what's happened with Girardi just because it's, it's my nature to try to help um, people. And I do feel um, some of my own responsibility that if I benefited from it, then I better help make it right. Or I'm a part, you know, of the problem. And at the end of the day, if people think of me or hear my name, I hope it's because they're thinking about the victims, not me. Ah, oh, you know, you should be just a case study for everyone that has gone through, but like to our point of what we said earlier, you know, why me? Why not me? But, you know, for everything you've gone through to have such a positive attitude and such a selfless view is just, you know, I hear you. Let's put it that way. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I love hearing that because that means, you know, the victims are remembered and they aren't left out of everything and they're not overshadowed. Um, by the glitz and glamour, which, you know, in some ways is good because it's kept the spotlight on the story. And as long totally. as we keep the victims, you know, uh, out of the shadows, um, then then we're doing something good. I agree. And I'll share your social medias. And I'm sincerely, I, I mean it, you'll come back, you know, you're doing so much, so much, like we'll check in and just see what you're up to. And so you'll definitely have to come back. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm glad that um, I finally was able to get my schedule worked out so I could do it. I wanted to, and I'll tag you when this comes out. And I can definitely tell you this will not be one episode. It will be a minimum of two episodes because we chatted. So thank you. Sorry <laughs> to keep you. I love a multi-part yeah, no episode, but I don't want to cut any of this out because I think, you know, there's there's nothing to cut out. Everything you said is so important, but I'm glad your schedule worked out and I appreciate you taking your time. Of course. Thanks for having me. And um, I'm happy to come back when there's more stuff to talk about. Awesome. And keep in touch and keep in touch on Instagram. So I really appreciate it. I will do. Take care. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. 
We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.